It's the DSA podcast and season three finale presented by the Division of Student Affairs. We're glad you're with us. I'm Matt Lupica. Well, it goes without saying that this past academic year has been anything but normal, and it's one we won't soon forget. Here with us to take a trip down memory lane and recap the academic year is Vice President for Student Affairs, Dr. Lamar Hilton, Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement, Gary Goldberg, Assistant Vice President for Student Affairs and Director of University Health Services, Julie Volchek, Assistant to an Executive Officer, Kendra Wilson, and Assistant Vice President of Equity, Identity and Success, Ivana Washington-Greer. Thanks to all of you for taking time out to be on today's episode. And along with me, as always, and starring in a dual role today, we'll have more on that a little bit later, is my co-host and someone who needs really no introduction, Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell. How are you doing? And guess what? It's hard to believe we're putting a capper on season three, isn't it? No, it really is. I mean, it has been an incredible year. Matt, I'm grateful for you as my co-host, and I don't know any other guests that are better to have other than our senior team to close out this academic year. I'm excited to have my friends with us. I would definitely agree with that. So, you know, normally, Dr. Hilton, we would start with you, but actually we're going to give you a break here and start with your other senior, senior team members to talk about the pillars within the division and get some reflection as to what stands out this year. So whatever you need to do, get the popcorn, get some, uh, get a soda pop, whatever. How's that sound? That sounds amazing. And they actually are the ones who make the division run. So it's appropriate that you start with them first. Perfect. So Gary, you're up first. You oversee the student engagement and services pillar for student affairs. Now, the biggest news this year seems to be that of the dining transition. And here's a spoiler alert for our listeners. We're actually going to be bringing Gary back later this summer to discuss that. In the meantime, right here in the present, are there other things that stand out to you this year that you'd like to reflect upon? Probably student programming stands out more than anything. Part of it was the fact that it was novel to me. Part of it was the fact that it was anything but normal because in a normal year we have traditional events and activities and physical locations for them and so a very good group of people in that area of the center for student involvement pivoted and developed plans to engage students in other ways that we may never have thought of and probably the uh the winner from all of that beside the students is the fact that when next fall rolls around that will still be a piece of the program. We'll still be able to do certain things virtual or it makes sense and we'll be able to give students options where before we hadn't necessarily thought like that. It was a very traditional approach. So that, that probably stands out. That, that the, the kudos to people that made that happen and then the kudos to students that adjusted and still stayed engaged. Gary, real quick, when they had to make that adjustment, were they panicky or did they embrace it and say, you know what, this is something we need to do and they jumped head first into it? You talking about the staff, Matt? Yes, I, I feel like they uh, embraced it. It was the normal amount of trepidation because it's something new and there was no blueprint for it. But I think that they embraced it. And that's a, that's the uh, the result was why it was successful because they were good ambassadors of the program. This is new and different, but this is the way it's going to be. So they did a great job. Yeah, I appreciate that our team didn't give up. They just found new and innovative ways to keep going and keep those students. So thank you, Gary. And we're excited to have you back this July as we take a deeper dive into our some of our favorite topics as we talk about our dining transition. So now I'm going to move on to you, Yovana, um, and I want to talk to you um, about your experiences. So you've had the pleasure of overseeing our equity identity success pillar 
Um, and honestly, to say the least, they have had some fantastic milestones this year and even going into next academic year. I mean, we're looking at the Mel Empowerment Network within the Student Multicultural Center's 10-year anniversary, the Women's Center celebrating 25 years, and even the LGBTQ Plus Center celebrating 10 years. Uh, what stands out from you this academic year the most? This, the most this past year is how the centers really worked with the support piece for our students. This has been a rough year for students, um, students of color, students from our inter, even our international background. Um, I started reflecting on the year and thinking of all the things that we, we created, resources and spaces that we opened because of the political climate. So what stands out to me is how they, the centers really work together to provide support for our students um, when they need it. They always do it, but it, it was different this year. We're in a COVID environment. We're not always there to necessarily open the doors. We have restrictions on how many students can be in a space. So it was different. But I think that in all, even while celebrating those milestones um, in a difficult year, they still found the time and space to be there to support our students and help them to, to learn um, and to be empathetic with one another. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they are so front facing in the unique experiences of our students, especially our underrepresented groups. What have you what has stood out to you the most, even within them? Like, how have they pulled in with each other during these times? Well, I think that they've always been very supportive of one another. Um, but I think with the, many of the centers that you just mentioned, joining together with the other centers in this pillar, really trying to find our way as a team and how do we support one another, um, you know, whether it's showing up for each other. You know, I think in the past, some of the centers felt the weight of the work by themselves. You know, I, I think about um, the Student Multicultural Center and uh, in the previous election, I wasn't in this space, but how they opened the doors to students um, who were having difficulty. But this year, when we were facing a similar situation with a re-election, we were able to work as a team, whereas it wasn't just the Student Multicultural Center, but we kind of wrapped everyone else in and looked at it on a, on a it was more supportive. So they're always supportive of one another, but I think that, that larger, the, the weight is lifted a little bit and that we all are supporting each other and it doesn't really doesn't have to fall on one person. Yeah, that community responsibility and not just in one particular area really does make a difference for our student experience as well as our colleagues. So thank you for that. And I think what we're seeing here, Talia, you know, the, the favorite word of this pandemic is pivot, right? Yeah. And I think what I think what we're seeing here is a seamless transition as we've had to pivot. Absolutely. And those skills and when we pivot goes far and beyond COVID, right? Now we're able to think different and work differently. And I think we'll see some of that as we continue to ask our guests more questions. I would agree with that. So before we go on to our next question, I just want to take a moment to let you know that you're listening to a podcast from the Division of Student Affairs, taking a look back at the 2021 academic year. Alongside co-host, Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell, I'm Matt Lupica. Now, I promised there would be more on Talia's dual role today, and we've actually come to that surprise. How do you feel about being a guest also today? You know, I prefer to be in the background, so when I have to be the guest and stay on my toes and ask, answer questions, I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm here. If you stay <laughs> ready, you don't have to get ready, Matt, right? Yeah, there's no turning back now, though. 
So that's right. Yep. So your pillar is advocacy, support, and well-being. And of course, they've had a boost thanks to our mental health initiative. Looking back there, what stands out to you this past academic year when it comes to all of that stuff going on? It's interesting. I mean, we have been moving fast and furious. Um, a lot of the stuff is behind the scenes, so our students don't always see everything, but we've included them in the conversations and educating them. You know, I'll start with Counseling and Psychological Services, who has gone through a rebrand. You know, a lot of folks knew them as psych services, but making sure that counseling piece was there. And so we're starting to grow the initiatives and support that's happening over in CAP, so that way we can support our students even greater. You know, six covered sessions, having partnership with Impact Solutions so we don't have a wait list for the first time in years that we're able to really support our students um, and their needs and their mental health is fantastic. But then also the fact that we are, and again, I don't know if there's anybody more excited than me. I think uh, Dr. Hilton is a very close second, um, but our care center, my word, crisis advocacy, resource, education, support, the fact that we're able to work with students and their basic needs when they're hungry, when they're homeless, when they need to know what their financial resources are and what other mental health support and mental well-being opportunities they have. I mean, it, it's, there are no words that can express how excited we are to have um, our first colleague, Erica Schof, um, who's working to continue to hire more staff so that way we can have this grand opening in the fall. And, you know, spoiler alert, they will be one of our featured <laughs> guests in the fall too. So <laughs> uh, we're really excited about that. But then even Kent State of Wellbeing and having the, the development over the time, the months, the years of looking at our strategic plan and being able to launch that this, you know, first early June, early May, um, it's exciting. It's really exciting for us to be in this space. And so you also look at, I, mean, I really don't know how I can leave anybody out. Serves is pushing forward and moving with our advocacy resources, but then also our culture of respect initiative that we're doing with NASPA and our director taking the lead there. I can go on and on. This whole podcast could be about any of our pillars, honestly. Um, but the fact that we're getting to the point where the fruits of our labor are starting to become visible, that's exciting. The fact that our students are going to be better for it, that's exciting. The fact that our campus can feel some hope in the fact that we have these great resources when our students need them the most is probably the greatest weight that can be lifted off of me, this, especially during a pandemic. Right. And, and in a day and age where mental health has kind of come to the forefront, more than anything else. I really feel, and I, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people, the care center is going to set the blueprint for the golden standard as to oh, which yeah. colleges operate as far as, you know, everything that they offer. Absolutely. Listen, I'm already making my plans to present at conferences about it. Okay. All the work that we've done. Oh, we have some great things to talk about. Maybe we could cover that live on the podcast sometime. Hey, huh? I'm willing. Mic me up. <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw it back to you as the co-host now. Well, I appreciate that. All right. So, um, you know, listen, if there's anyone who has had to do double duty on this team, it is Julie Volchek. Um, now, Julie, you over, listen, now our listeners cannot see, we have people bowing and clapping to Julie right now. If you don't know who Julie Volchek is, you all are missing out on a treat as a person, as a colleague, as a human being, okay? Listen, do y'all agree? Absolutely, that's, that's the, Absolutely. That you need to know her. If you don't know her, you are, your life is not fulfilled. Let's just say that. <laughs> Agreed. That's right. The GOAT, 
Julie Bocek. Uh, so Julie, you know, you oversee our student affairs administration pillars. So that includes um, being wrapped into all things budget, also during a very tense budget year due to COVID and the outcomes of that. But in your role, you also oversee our university health services as the director. So you've had the pleasure in taking leadership in one of our favorite topics, COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> And I know this is a hard question for me to ask you, but Julie, if there is one thing that sticks out to you about this academic year and, and all the nitty gritty details of your life, what would it be? Well, that's a loaded question and I'm humbled by all the compliments and praise. This is definitely a community response for COVID-19. So there is no one person or small group of people. I think the words that other senior team members were using, innovating, adapting, balancing, supporting, like all of that is really um, helped people to move forward and move through the pandemic. I couldn't ask to work with at a greater place than Kent State to do this. From the senior most leadership, including our vice president, Lamar Hilton, to step aside and let experts in this learn, find our way, build a plan, and most importantly, work our plan, was why we were successful. Um, we, we have successfully led through this pandemic. We are in a very interesting point right now as we have the vaccine, it's rolling out, it's increasing. Every day we see more getting it and getting to that herd immunity and seeing us, ourselves on the other side. But again, it, it's that community and that flashes taking care of flashes even for each other as we had to step up and really do what we would never have even imagined we would be able to do. If somebody had said, you're gonna do this and lead this, I would have said, I don't know that I could. So again, that's really important uh, to note what it takes and to work at a university that truly walks the walk to what they talk about. Right, absolutely. Julie, what would you have, what would you say that you have learned about yourself or gaining enhancement or guide confirmation about yourself that you don't think that you had prior to all of this? Well, that's a good question. I, I've learned that I am patient and composed. I um, have had the um, privilege to speak weekly at cabinet and to senior leadership at the weekly pandemic leadership committee and learned at what ease I'm able to do that. And again, though, I think it goes to the, the, the audience um, makes, makes you feel welcome and at ease. I know more about public health than I ever would have imagined. Most might not know, but I am a computer scientist and mathematician by training. So it's really a very unusual spotlight to be in and um, lead, but 30 years in healthcare and healthcare organizations and operations, I think is what's prepared me to, to lead through this. And you certainly have guided the ship in unprecedented times. I know that's another favorite one of our words, but you've done it with uh, you know a lot of grace and a lot of patience, like you said, and we're all very thankful to have you as part of our team at Kent State. Now, Kendra, I want to go to you next. Now, you have a unique role of overseeing the division's subcommittees, 
such as the cult cultural competency and professional development. What has been the observation through your lens of the group's work as we try to keep our DSA family dynamic engaged, despite being in a remote environment this year? Well, despite the pandemic, one of the things that I've noticed is that a good portion, um, we've had a lot of attendance at our standing committee. Um, for example, like with the Cultural Competency Committee, we have up to 50 or 60 individuals who are on those Friday morning meetings, and that takes place early in the morning. So those are really great conversations um, to have. Um, it provides a, a safe space for our staff to really talk about what's going on in the nation in terms of race and culture and all that we've had to experience during the pandemic. In terms of professional development as a whole, it has given us an opportunity to stay engaged and connected virtually. I mean, it doesn't really take the place of seeing each other or being able to reach out and chat, but I think we've done a good job at just staying engaged and talking, talking about the pandemic and all of the, the effects thereof. Yeah. I guess a silver lining to this, if you could even say that, is the fact that since we've gone to the virtual environment, it has allowed people maybe even more people to join in on those conversations when maybe they couldn't have made it in person. Maybe they were doing this or at another meeting or doing this, but it just makes it easier to be able to click, you know, sign on and be a part of that conversation. Oh yeah. Even I, I think all of us can see, I remember our first coffee combo had over a hundred people in attendance. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And you like to see that, you know, people get involved like that, be a part of the conversation and, and down the road, maybe even be a difference maker as a result of those conversations. Absolutely. Some of those conversations are very hard for mm -hmm. people to have. And I can't, I can't envision the coffee conversations, not in a virtual setting. Mm -hmm. So it gives people an opportunity to listen in, not feel on some uncomfortable conversations, but they don't have to be present in that moment physically. Yeah. They can just be listening. Others are engaging and talking. But it, I, I think that the, the mode that we're using is actually better than doing it in person. That's yeah. an interesting point. I, th I think that's a, that's a nuance of the whole uh, COVID environment where people mm -hmm. show up in meetings and are willing to participate in a level maybe they didn't before because it's less intimidating than being in front of a group of people. Oh, yeah. And you can you can decide how you want to be present. You can have your mm -hmm. camera on, you can have your camera off, you can give live remarks, you can put it in the chat. And I think it helps with all levels of comfortability. You know, some of the conversations, especially after some national things that are happening, I was not in the best place, especially 8.15 in the morning, right? <laughs> and so it gives me a space to still listen to my colleagues be present and support. But if I'm not in a good space, I can mute and I can just listen and still get fed while also still being present in a very different way. I think that format is so helpful for very tense and thorny and complex mm -hmm. topics of discussion. And I, I agree, I don't, I think this is one thing that I would not like to return to normal on because I think the engagement that we've seen in these coffee conversations uh, to the points that have been made earlier really do allow for people to do their best work in engaging around these really critical topics. And so, you know, I, I'm all about breaking down the access, the barriers to access and, and allowing for as many voices to be present in those conversations because they, they are so important, not only to the university experience, but to our own personal development. 
And so if we have a way that allows for that to happen and, and allows for people to connect to Talia's point in the ways that make most sense for them, not everybody wants to be seen in, in those conversations. And mm -hmm. sometimes the best engagement is the listening that happens. That's right. Um, and, and so I hope that we don't, this is, since we're doing spoilers all over the, the podcast, let me give one now. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I, I would hope that we would not move away from the virtual platform for those coffee conversation experiences, because I think our, our division has been able to rally around mm. that experience. And I think a part of the success has been the delivery, the format of how we've structured that, that experience for our colleagues. Yeah, I agree. So this one is a free for all y'all. So just feel free to jump in. I got two questions that are going to be like this. My first one is for anyone to share your favorite senior team moment. I think oftentimes our students see us in these roles and the human side of us get lost. So what would you say is your favorite senior team moment this year? When was our retreat? In the summer, that counts. That, that was my favorite moment, I think, for this group. I, I, I was still relatively new. This group was somewhat new to me. Um, we were facing a difficult time. We chose to, to do a meeting in that format. And it was just really enjoyable to be with everyone in a, in a different kind of setting. And it just, uh, I think it set us up for our ability to deal with everything that was in front of us. Agree. It was the last time we were all in person, but we were masked up, physically distant. Sanitizer was flowing all around. We were very safe, but it was so needed for us to be able to spend that time as we planned for what a year we were planning for. Right. Yeah. Other faves. I don't think there's really one favorite time, but what I appreciate about this team is getting to know each other, like, um, the cultural climate conversations like you guys always make me cry from time to time so you definitely give me a place to be vulnerable and to share how i'm feeling and this is a, a safe space to say you know i'm not feeling okay today and let's mm. talk about it so that's what i appreciate most about this team so thank you yeah, absolutely. Because we've done national climate conversations. We've done professional development conversations, uh, you know, really intentional about not just giving updates in every single meeting and really spending some time to build each other up, especially in a very intentional way because of the virtual world that we've been in. So here's my next question. And it's my favorite. And I'll go first. What is your favorite Dr. Hilton-ism? Now, oh, for those of you who, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> for those of you who have not spent enough time in space with Dr. Lamar Hilton, he has a lot of coin phrases and catch words and things that he does that keeps us all appreciative of who he is. So my favorite, I'll give my first example. And I think everyone appreciates it. The first time that he called COVID and talked about the molecules. I was just going to say that. I remember being muted but my camera was on and I almost fell out of my chair. I was laughing so hard. Dr. Hilton said, we need to be careful. We need to stay away from the molecules because that's what they are when we're talking about COVID. I know a lot of us appreciate that one too, but that was my favorite. So what are others that you all have that's his favorite thing? Julie, I see you, you go next. Don't let them take your peace. Yes. 
Um, and that has guided me through this when, um, and, and then I'll tag another one in if I can. Oh, they're spinning. People are spinning. <laughs> Don't let them take your peace. Right. Like, do not hop on the spin with them. I need you to let them spin alone and do not let them remove your, your zen that we exactly. are actively obtaining. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to, there's so many. You're right. Uh, I, definitely, I definitely believe molecules is at the top uh, yeah. of the list, but I, can t- I grew up in the church and I can tell Lamar did too. So anytime he refers to the colleagues as the saints or the students are the saints, that is just going to be my favorite because I could just relate. It is so funny to me. So I, anytime there's a reference to the saints, I, I love it. It's always a thing, right? I've I've gone on and like added to it. He talked about the saints and then I'll start talking about the congregation. Like we can go on <laughs> for hours if you let us. Yes. I speak on the same sheet of music. Yes. Yes. As that music major that he was, that vocalist that he is, that's we all have to speak from the same sheet of music. I have one for you. My grandmother used to always say, Chew the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> yes, Kendra. I use that one all the time. So take what you can. Chew the meat and spit out the bones, friend. <laughs> I remember the first time he said it. I was like, I had to write that down. What does that even mean? I was like, I said, no, wait to make sure. Now, what's the meat and what's the bone? And then you start listening to it in context. And it's like, hey, that's the bone. Got to spit that one out. Do you have your own favorite-ism of yourself? <laughs> yeah. Y'all know I, I'm just kind of off the top of my head and I'm also a creature of habit. So like things don't feel like isms for me. They just feel like my normal like way of being in life. But if I had to pick one, it probably would be too much, too much, it's too much. Too much. And it's T-E-W, not T-O-O. That's right. Too much. Too much. I guess if I had to pick one, I do like the molecules one. It, after you best. said that, it had me it had me ducking and diving all over the place it's everywhere the best. I went. <laughs> I sang it at home. Yeah. Stay away from the folks' molecules, y'all. The molecules still out here. And <laughs> what you need to do, text yourself. I think another favorite one of mine is over the moon excited. I like mm-hmm. that one. I and mean, that's pretty excited. You that know? is it's very excited. <laughs> So now, look at as we begin to wrap this podcast up and season three. Now it's your turn, Dr. Hilton. So you've had a chance to listen to the senior team share their thoughts and perspectives from this academic year. What would you like to share and/or add to what has been shared? I don't think there's much that can be added. I just first let me go on record and and again express just how grateful I am for the the five people that you've heard from uh, this morning. They truly are the backbone to this division's success, the work that we do, and then the teams that they work with, our, our amazing, amazing divisional staff who, though I don't get the chance to see them and talk to them every day, my heart is with them every day because I really appreciate all, all that they do. and. As I was sitting here listening to everybody's comments and and their responses to the questions, I'm reflecting on just how much we've accomplished as a division and as a university, even in the course of the last academic year. And 
I'm, I'm in awe. I truly am awestruck by just how much has happened. We have weathered uh, success. We have weathered challenge. We have weathered plentiful moments. We have weathered moments of scarcity. And in all of that, we've come out with our, our vision intact with our eyes continuing to be on the prize. And that's making sure that our students are afforded a quality uh, and meaningful experience here at Kent State. And so I'm glad and I'm, I'm very grateful. It could have been very easy at many points to lose sight of that, just given all that has taken place in this academic year alone. And so I'm really, really grateful to the dedicated professionals that I get a chance to work with every single day, uh, work on behalf of every single day. The job and role of a vice president for student affairs is not one that I would consider to be easy. And it's great to have individuals that I work alongside in this division to lighten that load and to make the hard times more easy because we're navigating them together and because we're, we're, we are singing from the same sheet of music most times in terms of how we want to, how we want to advance our work and how we want to support our students. And so that's, that's really all I can ask for, all I could pray for, all I can hope for. And, and y'all give me that and more uh, every day. And so it, it really, it really makes me happy. Well said, Dr. Hilton. And you know, Talia, we've all combined to, for that one goal to give our students a world-class experience. And I think we've accomplish that even in the toughest of times, you know, who would have thought pandemic and having to pivot again. And, you know, we've all done that collectively as a group. We have, and you know, this is what brings us to my favorite part of our podcast. Every time it's become a staple for sure. Um, but as we have unofficially called this wild card segment, I'm going to ask each of you what comes to mind one word that will come to mind as we close out this academic year and look forward towards the fall. So I'm gonna go in reverse alphabetical order. So that means, uh, Yovana, you're up first. So one word that I would like to represent our moving forward is thrive. I believe that this past year we survived a lot and did it very well, um, but I'm looking forward being the newer team member um, I'm looking forward to what we can what we can do in the future and how we are going to thrive. Absolutely. Uh, Kendra. My word is going to be hope, that there is definitely hope in the future, even though this past year has been difficult for all of us, um, that we still have hope and good things are ahead of us. Absolutely. Yeah, hope is a good one. That was actually mine too. Julie, what about you? Hope springs eternal. That was mine. But um, transformation. Mm. Uh, of our strategic plan that we did launch this year and what we've learned in, about ourselves and about our departments, our organization and teams, that innovation, that adaption, how do we now transform ourselves for the future? Great. Gary, what about you? Yeah, those are all good. I'd probably say learning that even though, even for me, that I'm at a different point in my career than many of my colleagues, um, this year has taught us that there's always, there are always new things to learn. We're in the right environment to do that. And we've had to adjust to a lot of things and be nimble. But um, 
continue to learn because there's different ways we have to support people and help people. And through that, we need to learn how to do that. So that, that would stand out for me. Absolutely. Dr. Hilden, you get to close us out. Elevate. Uh, I think we have soared in spite of all that has taken place in and around our university. And I am looking forward to elevating even further student experience, university experience, and the, and the way we do business here in the Division of Student Affairs. You have heard over the course of the podcast and even over the course of the last several months about the ways in which the division has enhanced, expanded, grown, brought on new things, we've innovated, and now it's time to really take all of the goodness that we've laid the foundation over this last academic year and elevate it to, to a new height. And so I'm looking forward to that elevation. Uh, I'm looking forward to how we thrive in that elevation and how we continue to support each other, how we continue to connect and engage and grow with one another uh, as we continue to, to soar. And you know, Talia, I want to ask you, what's your word? Well, hope was mine, but you know, I, I look forward to our success. I feel like we're headed to our, what I call it, our winning season. Not that we're not winning right now. I just don't think everybody can see the wins. And so I look forward to the visibility of our successes and we are successful when our students are. So that's going to be my word. What about you, Matt? I'm going to have to go with sunshine. I think it's a bright future. I think it's a bright future ahead. There's a lot of things in place to make it as bright as it's ever been at Kent State. You see that big sunburst on the Kent State logo? Yeah. Even brighter than that now. Absolutely. So how about that? We're season three is in the books now. Yeah, it's it was a good quick. season. It's a good season. It's a good way to end it as well. Absolutely. I would like to thank our guest today once again, Vice President for Student Affairs, Dr. Lamar Hilton, Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement, Gary Goldberg, Assistant Vice President for Student Affairs and Director of University Health Services, Julie Volchek, Assistant to an Executive Officer, Kendra Wilson, and Assistant Vice President of Equity, Identity and Success, Ivana Washington Greer. Thanks again to all of you for being on the podcast, for your leadership each and every day to help give our students a true world-class experience. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And to you, the listener, I want to take a moment to steer you towards the Division of Student Affairs Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, always the best place to stay up to date on everything happening within the division. And don't forget that the podcast is now available on Apple and Google Podcasts, along with Spotify. Head over to your favorite one, enter Kent DSA Podcast in the search, and click that subscribe button. And on that note, for my co-host, Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell, I'm Matt Lupica saying today's a good day to have a great day. <laughs>